And welcome, everybody, to the Rugby Rant. It's Wednesday. It's the Run, passer Kick. And it's, you know, we're live here with uh, the big guy, Scott Farrar, Rob the Hammer, Hammerschmidt. Shout out to our buddy, Ty, who couldn't make it to uh, with us tonight. Again, uh, Ty, for those of you who don't know, had a baby. Um, so he's probably well, not his sleeping. Wife had a baby, Scott. He didn't really have the baby. Don't give yeah, me too well, much credit. I mean, you know, he, he was a part of it in a very little percentage. <laughs> very but little he's probably sleeping right now. We, we assume he's sleeping right now, and hopefully he's not watching. He should be in bed. Um, anyway, <laughs> this is our <laughs> this is our run passer kick uh, weekly Wednesday interview. And today we actually have a, a great guest. I'm really excited. Um, she was Eagle number 257. Uh, she debuted with the uh, USA Sevens rugby team in 2010. She debuted with the 15 team, the 15s team in 2016. She won silver medal at the 2015 Pan Am Games as a member of the USA Sevens team. She's also a coach, or was a coach when she was in the states for La Costa Canyon High School and the Coastal Dragons Rugby Club. Kate Zachary, welcome to the show. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Very excited. Love watching the shows, and hope not to make a fool of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can't get any worse than me, so you're probably good. yeah. Yeah, between between Rob and I, you're a pretty good company. We'll make you look yeah, really yeah. good. Okay, uh, you won't win that trophy, which is probably a good thing. I've always wanted that trophy, though. <laughs> Listen, sorry, it's, it's, it's mine, really- and I'm keeping this one. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I haven't have been, I haven't been able to win any because I've been hosting. But hopefully, when Ty comes back, I'll start start again strong with that. But um, before we move on to the Run Pastor Kick interview, I just want to talk to you guys. Um, I have to tell you about our friends at the Rugby Shop. Uh, the holidays are upon us, and I know you guys want those 2021 kits uh, from the MLR teams that just came out. Um, besides getting those kits, you can also get a huge discount on all 2020 merchandise MLR-related. Um, listen, the Rugby Shop always hooks up its customers. They have custom socks. They have custom kits. They have custom balls. They have custom pads. They have everything you need for your rugby club. And guess what? Order now for the spring season, people. Don't be waiting, trying to order in January, and then then you get mad that the stuff was too close and and you ordered wrong. Do it now. Go to therugbyshop.com, get your orders in. Also, we also have the new Murdered Out uh, Rugby Rant merch. Um, Rob, actually, has his his nice little own Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt tee. Rob, tell us us about the tee a little bit. Oh, the Hammer tee. That thing has uh, a great uh, story behind it. The Hammer tee is basically Murdered Out. Cause uh, it's black, just like my heart, and um, it has uh, it has a rugby rant logo and gray on the front, and uh, on the back, um, the guys hooked it up with some rake marks. And the story behind that was uh, when I was in, back in my playing days, way way long ago, uh, almost to when Jesus was just about ready to retire. Um, I, I was playing, and my son, who's now almost twenty one, was was there's a picture of him hanging over my shoulder. He's got a big cheesy smile on his face, and uh, sure enough, he knows that daddy got rocked and he could just see the rake marks across my back. And I asked the boys at the, at the rugby shop.com, Hey, can you put that on a shirt? And, and their answer was like, hell yeah, we can do anything you want. And that's the kind of custom stuff they can do. So I love it. The hammer shirt, mine should be coming in pretty soon. Order as soon as it came out, you get yours as soon as you can in time for Christmas. Absolutely. Definitely get them, order them now in time for Christmas. Go to rugbyshop.com for all your rugby needs. Now I'm going to hand it over to Rob to explain to people how the RPK interview works. Thanks, Scott. Well, again, Kate, welcome to the show. 
Uh, and as you know, we run the run, pass, or kick style of interview questions. Basically, I'm going to prompt, we're going to prompt each question with run, pass, or kick. And so you have an option, just like any good rugby player, you got to have your eyes up. You got to be thinking about the field in front of you. So if you choose to run with a question, it means you're going to go and answer it and take it straight up. If you choose to pass a question, it means well, that one might get you into hot water. So you might want to sidestep that one, give it to somebody else to take on, or you can kick it and have a little fun with us, put us on the back foot, and you can kick it to either one of us, either name the person, or if we don't hear you name somebody, um, whoever asked the question, we'll go ahead and answer. And we're going to answer in a way that we think you would answer. So you're going to really put us on the back foot there, have a little fun with us, and make us take the question. You can give us a grade. Do we suck? Are we good? I don't know. <laughs> Most of the time, I pretty much suck when I answer those questions, but that's okay. Give it to me anyway. I'm okay with that. So are you ready for the run, pass, or kick interview? I will. I just have to check. You guys are over 13, so I can yell at you. Is that correct, Scott? You need some tough love? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yes, I might need some tough love. I might need it. <laughs> Scott, you need to tell the viewers a little bit about that story before we move forward. I think Kate let the cat <laughs> out of the bag. So, yeah. So one of the coaching philosophies I learned, and as I, as I said before, Kate is a coach, um, It to get the kids ready to go to high school and, and maybe move on from youth football – when they turn age 13 and under, we start to talk to them a, a, a different way. And after, so the way the coach uh, set it out was after you've instructed the player three times to do something, you got to tell them something to this effect. Hey, you sucked on that play and that's okay. You're not going to make every play you're in. You're not going to do everything exactly right. And that's perfectly okay. If you do this, this, and this, which is the same instruction you gave them the three times before, but if you do this, this, and this, it'll make you better on the next play. So, you know, it's just one of those things that I was telling Kate before we went on the air, and obviously she had to uh, make sure it was okay. Yeah, yeah. She yelled at me. <laughs> I said, I got to be prepared to tell you if you suck or not. <laughs> <laughs> I might I might weep just a little. So be gentle. Game on. Uh, all right. So, all right. First question for Run Pastor Kate. Kate, on your Twitter page in July, you posted a video from a U.S. Women's National Team event in which the team was organizing a photo. Your tweet said, how long does it take your team to get ready for the group pick? My question to you is, run, pass, or kick, who takes longer to get set, forwards or backs? Oh, easy. I'll take that one. We always know it's the backs, please. Their hair, <laughs> their makeup, getting their jerseys right, you know, <sighs> It's like the Does my bicep look okay in here? Are we are we hands on knees? Are we hands to the side? So hey, yeah, you're in good you're in good company with this group, man. Bunch of forwards <laughs> here. We're all feeling pretty good. It's about a safe this, space. Right? Yeah, it's a safe space. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Here's a follow up. Do you go with the smile or do you go with the mean mug in the picture? Oh yeah. I have to go with the smile because sometimes if I mean mug, I just look like I'm falling asleep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I get like my eyes get really droopy and I just look like I'm checked out. Yeah, I have to go with the smile. I love it. (laughs) I'm sorry, that hit me hard. Um, (laughs) So I got the next question. <laughs> yeah, I got the I got the next question. Uh, you were a crossover athlete when you were attending Benedictine College. Uh, you played soccer. Um, there, you were named Newcomer of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, and NC NSCAA Scholar All American. What prompted you to get involved into playing rugby, run, pass, or kick? Uh, I'll run with that one again. Um, 
Honestly, it was, uh, I got to watch a lot of rugby when I was in college. Um, both my brothers played for a small stint after playing football in college. Um, so knew a lot about it, watched a lot of it. Honestly, went to a lot of socials. Um, so got to know a lot of people that way. Um, so by my senior year, I was like, you know, why not? I've got a few months left of college before going into the working world. Might as well pick up rugby. The socials have been fun. The people are great. Um, and that's kind of what really jump-started getting into playing. Right on. So, you know, it really sounds, based upon your answer, like you came into <laughs> rugby much like many people in America, you know, men and women alike. Um, so it's a very common story. Uh, run, pass, or kick, what could be done in the United States to grow the women's game and get more girls to pick up a rugby ball earlier in their athletic careers? Ooh, I'll take this one again. I'm feeling selfish. Um, so I'll run with it. Um, I think just finding opportunities to work it into just kids sports early on. I mean, we've, depending on where you are in the country, you've got like lacrosse and field hockey and soccer and basketball and football and things like that. Starting up with some of those grassroots programs. I mean, you've got girls rugby Inc. Who's slowly taking over America yeah. with their flag girls rugby. And, um, you know, I know all three of those women who started it very well and love what they're doing have gotten to help out some of it. Um, so starting some of those initiatives, just introducing the sport will make it less too of this like faux pas when it, when they're older and they start finding it and all of a sudden their parents are like, I'm sorry, you want my girl to get tackled. Um, Cause right now, like women aren't into those contact sports right. at the moment. And so by the time they get involved, there's so much more hesitation from watching and not really knowing that you start introducing it lower. I think you start generating numbers, safer rugby as well. It's kind of just that whole buildup um, from the ground up starting there. Um and it just starts bringing awareness as well. You start getting parents involved earlier on, fundraising, et cetera. That's what I would say is, is to, really to me as a, as a youth coach, it's really about institutionalization, right? Trying to introduce, you know, those micro skills at a young level. You don't need to have those contact points at that young level. You just need to introduce the micro skills, introduce the game yeah. so that they can kind of grow into it. Yeah, definitely. Hand-eye coordination. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I think the the flag, the, the youth flag initiative is something that you can put, you know, to, to seven, eight, nine, 10 year olds, and then introduce, you know, maybe soft contact after that, yeah. um, which is something, you know, I, I do in youth football and our youth football organization. And I think the, the, the amount of numbers we get to transfer over from youth to tackle football is like a 98% transfer rate. So I, I think rugby will have the same thing, especially if they're coached correctly. Yeah. Um, so uh, I got the next question. Uh, me and Robert going back and forth here, I guess. Uh, a few months <laughs> back, Rugby World Cup uh, had banned transgender women from competing at elite levels of rugby, citing, quote, unquote, safety concerns. Um, <laughs> run, pass, or kick. What do you think about that decision? Um, I'm going to run with it, but then can I also kick it to you guys? Can I do both? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, as far as running with it, I think the ban – it's just there's so many other things that create an unsafe environment and it's definitely not having a transgender situation. Um, you know, everyone needs a safe, safe place to play. And I think if you go anywhere in social media, you'll see that message across the board from women. And, you know, we're really trying to get a lot of um, our male counterparts to step up as well, because again, I think they're just kind of took a step back, assuming it didn't apply to them, but it applies to both 
parts of the game as well. And I think that's what people forget about. But, you know, really at the end of the day, people join rugby because of the um, inclusion factor. And this is just completely goes against the entire culture that policy does. So I think there's been a lot of great movements, again, at the national levels. It's just now trying to get the international level buy-in that rugby is built on inclusion. And that's what's most important, uh, making everyone feel safe. It's not That's not what's unsafe about the sport right now. But what I'd like to do is kick it and maybe get a brief answer from both of you. Unless one of you. Sure. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll certainly answer it. And I think I talked about this. I don't know if it was when we interviewed Tess Fury or Sophie de Goody, but, or, it, or maybe it was Wendy Young. I was talking about when I played in college, yeah. we had um, men's teams at other colleges who didn't have enough numbers to play. So, and they didn't have enough women. So the women just played on the men's teams. Nobody cared. They signed, they paid their SIP. The referees didn't care. So you just had the women play on the men's team. And I we did that in hockey too. When I was younger in youth hockey, if there wasn't a women's team in your town, the girls played on the men's team and hit with everybody. So I don't see why this I I, I don't see an issue here as far as the safety concerns they talk about. Yeah. Yeah, as far as it goes, when we did discuss this question with uh, in, in a past um either interview or rant. And one of the things that I did some research on and found very puzzling was the fact that at the international level, depending on the sport, there's such inconsistency with the determinations they make made about who could be included and who wouldn't. And what's even worse was the fact that in, in IOC track, you know, they were always changing uh, like certain track events. They would allow transgender uh, transgenders to participate with in, in, as women. But in other events, they didn't. And then sometimes from one event to another, they would change. Oh, no, we're not going to go with the you, you can't do the, the the 400 meters. No, that one's not OK now. But it was last mm-hmm. time. And I think that's the bothersome thing for me. It, it, and it goes deeper than that. But I think on the on the level, like be consistent, you know, um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, if you're going to include transgender, include them and be consistent and allow those uh, allow transgender athletes to compete. Um, you know, in the, it, with women, uh, but don't, don't oscillate. Don't, don't flip flop as Scott likes to call it. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Rob's a <laughs> more than LeBron James in the fall. Oh. So I just, I got, I got to throw that out. For you. So not true. <laughs> All right. So um, Scott, are you going to hit the manscape? Uh, yeah. Uh, so we have another advertisement, <laughs> one, one, one of our lovely, lovely sponsors. Um, so support for the rugby ran is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Now, I think I said this a couple weeks ago with the Rome. We got, we actually got an email from a lady viewer who said she uses it for her bikini line trimming. So just because it's called manscaped and it's a manscaped product doesn't mean women can't use it. Manscaped is inclusive. Unlike world rugby. Um, so Manscaped <laughs> offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The big guy knows what's up. You know, you hit the squat rack, you get home. You're like, oh man, you know, the wife's looking at me like, you know, it's time to do this. So I go into my gym bag. I make sure I got my ball wipes, everything settled. It's great. We get to do our thing. Get your boy squeaky clean with Manscaped ball wipes. Um, get 20% off for free shipping with the code rugby rant. Again, that's 20% off of your entire order with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code rugby rant. Your balls will thank you. So now that we've made our guest uncomfortable. 
no. Um, we're gonna, Why? We're gonna, I was a, that was an inclusive ad. I was also just ad. preparing for a question about like manscaping or something. No, no, when you're like, no, are you gonna no, no. say that manscaping thing? I was like, what's about to happen? <laughs> oh no, that was yeah. No, they're they're one of our uh, one of our many uh, um, <laughs> sponsors. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, maybe maybe a few of these questions will make you a little uh, a little bit more comfortable. So, in the quick tap segment, we're just going to give you a choice, and you can fire away uh, and just and, and even elaborate if you want. Uh, and it was kind of funny. Uh, I don't know whether you were reading our minds or or what the deal is, but my first one I'm going to open up with, and I already know the answer. Uh, your indulgence, pizza or ice cream? <laughs> ice cream, mint chocolate mousse tracks, to be exact. Oh, you Whoa. are yeah. someone close to my heart for sure now. Like mint mousse <sighs> tracks is my freaking favorite. Oh, so good, so good. Yeah. So All right, good. the next one here again. You know, uh, you're going to get. You're clearly you're an interview that we just absolutely love. Uh, but I, uh, you, you, we talked behind the scenes before the interview started. Uh, you love dogs, so I had to throw this one in there. Just thought of it. Retriever or terrier? Which one are you going with? Ooh. Ooh. Maybe a retriever so they can fetch me my ice cream. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's great. Nice. Uh, yeah, you don't definitely don't want them to eat the mint, uh, the mint uh, chocolate moose tracks. That would no, be good. Bad no. for so, all right. Uh, toughest opponent, England or New Zealand? Um, that's a really tough one because they're definitely harder. They're, they're different teams. I would say New Zealand, maybe though, just from a physicality standpoint, um, I think is one thing that makes them very difficult to come up against. Not to say England isn't, but I will say across the board, I feel like New Zealand is very physical team. I liked how you saved yourself with some of your your English (laughs) Exeter teammates. Well, I, I was going to say, not that any of them watched. Yeah. yeah. Like, said New Zealand, like, are you going to get it at practice the next day? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. If I, if I get deported tomorrow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, favorite holiday, meaning, you know, uh, a vacation. Uh, mountains or the beach? Ooh, mountains. Love the mountains. Okay, so yeah. you're, taking, you're taking the ice cream to the mountains. You're going to take the retriever to the mountains with you. And you're going to yeah. focus on beating beating New Zealand in the Rugby World Cup 2021. Got it. Okay. Uh, movie night, rom-com or action? Ooh, I love a good bad rom-com. <laughs> a good bad am, rom-com. Okay. I'm a sucker for a excellent, terrible rom-com. Okay. So w- give us your favorite excellent, terrible rom-com. Oh, just about any uh, Christmas movie that comes out every single year that is low budget with the same exact like fairy tale ending of like two people meet 10 minutes in and you're like love interest, but yet I can't stop watching this train wreck. It's awesome. (laughs) So basically you love the Hallmark channel. Yeah, pretty much. And like, I think the new one Netflix is like taking over as the new Hallmark at Christmas. (laughs) Kyle Ferguson, right. I'm right there with your brother. I was thinking of it. We were mind melding right there. (laughs) <laughs> All right. On. All right. I got stuck watching about uh, it was the marathon, the Hallmark marathon over Thanksgiving breaks. So it was it was wonderful. Um, <laughs> all right. Last one on the on the uh, quick tap segment. Date night, downtown swank or local mom and pop? Ugh, mom and pop near and dear. I love it. I love a good mom and pop. We had a bar in Mission Beach called the Beachcomber. Hollered all my San Diego people. That was that was the best place you could ever go. 
Okay, so nice. what was that again for people that missed it? <laughs> the beachcomber. It's the oh. best dive you can go to in Mission Beach. So that was mostly I was speaking about myself. Okay, beachcomber. Got it. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, you did awesome, awesome answers, man. I love I love those. That was, that was <laughs> got to be one of the top uh, a quick tap segments that we've that we've done. If if you haven't already seen it on Netflix, it's an Adam Sandler movie called The Other Missy. Watch that. Ooh, I think you'll okay. Like it. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. I'll have to see if it's yeah, even over other here. Missy. Yeah, yeah. The other Missy. Use a VPN. Go come back to the states with a VPN. Not that I'm telling <laughs> you to do anything illegal. So uh, <laughs> I I got the next question. Um, so you, along with Gabby uh, Cantorna and Janine Duncan, signed with Exeter, which is awesome. We we were so excited as as American rugby fans. Um, RPK. What challenges do American women face trying to get pro contracts abroad? Ooh, I'm going to kick it to Rob to see what he thinks I'd say. Uh, well, I think the challenge is exposure, right? I mean, what we always see in a lot of sports, particularly uh, international soccer and in particular rugby, is that you you really see a lot of foreign players get signed into domestic teams and leagues only every four years because they have an opportunity to actually showcase their talents, right? And so it's unfortunate that it takes a, usually it takes a world cup showing for a tremendous athlete to really demonstrate their talents and skills enough to get picked up, uh, you know, in an overseas setup like that. So I think that's the biggest challenge is that, you know, it's that four year window and it kind of makes it difficult for, for players to get seen on an international stage and really demonstrate their talents against uh, awesome opposition. That's a pretty good answer. <laughs> I don't think she thought you were going to have an answer for that. I got to be honest. <laughs> I figured he'd have something very well. Cheeky. Yeah, she. I think she thought she was going to be cheeky and be like, "Oh, let's see if I can catch catch the hammer here." No. <laughs> hey, man, I'm a teacher. I'm quick on my feet. I think like I know uh, that's the thing is the the teacher aspect came in there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Next time. But I like the effort. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I got the next question. Uh, you're currently living in England and in the center of English rugby. Um, the 13 barbarians were suspended for four weeks. The fines uh, and, and the punishment was just handed out, I think, this week. So it was four weeks uh, suspension, um, fine two weeks salary, and ordered to perform community service. Run, pass, or kick. Was this a fair punishment? I'll run with it. I think it was. Um to be honest, I know in reading some of the articles that was even actually reduced because of their quick to like admit to doing wrong. But I mean, we're, we're in a pandemic and, you know, it's a, it's a real pandemic people. I know there's people out there who disagree and things like that, but I mean, there's been so many people that have been, you know, obviously died from this pandemic. And so we're in this very unique opportunity that we get to play rugby. I mean, we talk about it all the time at the club. Um, just to be respectful of the fact that there are people out there who don't, who one don't have these opportunities who are losing work. And yet here we are able to play the sport that we love and still continue to prepare for this culminating event, you know, world cup this next year. And so for these guys to go out and just throw away that opportunity, um, give people also rugby to watch that they've been dreaming of. um, And just to throw it away to go out and have a few beers with their buddies down at a bar. is just, it's unfortunate. Yeah. And we we have a, yeah, I'm sorry, Rob, but I have, I have a follow-up to that. I got a, I got a question. Uh, I know you guys are in lockdown right now, but prior to going back into lockdown, 
Did you go hit up that Italian restaurant they went to? <laughs> no. Honestly, okay, I have done nothing since I've been here, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> That's good, though. That means you're training 24-7. You're hitting that shit hard. That's awesome. I love it. Basically. Sorry, Rob. Yes, Sorry. totally. No Not worries. eating ice no cream worries. at all, ever. I, I want to ask a follow-up, too, because I think this is a, a, a more serious question. I mean, obviously, Rob Shaw is the is the name that's really at the center of this, particularly in American rugby, because, you know, obviously, he's been signed by a contra- uh, to a contract by San Diego. Does This is one of the, my first questions when this was handed down. Does San Diego and MLR have a, a responsibility to issue some press release and address this issue in some manner or can they afford just to kind of shoot it away and wait till wait till March? It's tough, yeah, because I mean, he hadn't he had just recently signed. I mean, I guess I think it had been probably only a month or so since he signed officially by the time that happened. But I think you could go either way. I mean, you know, he's not fully under the Legion thumb just yet and the MLR thumb. So I think you could get away without having to say anything. But does it hurt to say, like, you know, we've spoken with him, like we understand like I guess you could. It, yeah, it's a fine line, I feel like, from the MLR. I think no harm, no foul either way. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, actually, we, I'm going to take a fan question here. I'm going to go off the cuff. Kyle Ferguson asks, you cannot choose San Diego. Which MLR city would you like to play in if they introduced a women's league? Ooh. Ooh, what MLR city would I want to play in? I mean, I'd kind of almost want to go to Dallas because I think their kit was fantastic this oh. season, solely based off the kit. Oh, look at that. And Jackals. I mean, as a flanker, that's what you're supposed yeah. to do. Jackal right. get the ball. So <laughs> probably Dallas. That's a great I, – I like that answer because I thought you would have just said <laughs> Guillotinis because you're a California – uh, woman. No, I kind of oh, hate that name. Hey, by hey, the way, they, oh god, it oh, just Jay, shows you how much the hammer knows person. because the hammer picked the Dallas Jackal kit as the best kit to come out of the kit reveal of kitness. We we all were watching it. We were all looking at it, judging them <laughs> on. I think it was pretty unanimous here as well. <laughs> nice. They are great colors. They are great yeah. colors. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next question is: the um, Fifteen Foundation was founded in order to promote secondary funding for women competing with the Eagles run pass or kick. How critical is this program to helping young Eagles continue to compete and develop? Um, I'll run with it. Um, That foundation is fantastic. Um, Christine and Alicia who started that are doing a fantastic job. I mean, they, they both work full time, you know, they both play rugby. Christine just recently came back over here to play with the Harlequins and, um, they do, they're donating every single moment of their free time to this foundation. And it's going to be hugely important. I mean, as we continue to come out of a bankruptcy as USA Rugby and USA Rugby is able to now fully function and go back to funding all of our events and things like that. Um, it's going to be huge for the Women's Foundation then to be able to continue to supplement players um, with their needs. So now players can start taking off time from work. Um, and still getting paid when we're at camps and, you know, whether it's a weekend camp, a week long camp, a month long camp, world cup and everything in between. And then as well, it also starts putting players into positions to go to grassroots things, you know, right. This foundation could expand into all sorts of like very beneficial opportunities in the future. So huge, huge thing they're doing right there. And, and uh, on the heels of that question, we're going to flow right into the next one. It's a pretty interesting one. We'll see if I can stump you on this one. Run past or kick. Today, USA Rugby released news that Mark Cuban gave the women's team $50,000. So run past or kick. Do you think the USA are uh, 
will allocate the funds wisely. <laughs> I'm going to kick that one to Scott. Ah, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're going, they're going to have to do it wisely. They're going to have to do it wisely because they know they screwed up and they know they're under the microscope and you have a lot of club players not wanting to pay dues and, 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 you know, it, it, you have a high profile individual who's, who, who's a rugby fan, who is a owner of a NBA team giving money. You can't screw that up. If you screw it up, then all hope is lost. You'll never see any at any time ever from Mark Cuban. That would be bad. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, you know, and, and he's a resource that I think USAR needs and club teams need. And I think he'd be a great, a great spokesman for, you know, the Dallas Jackals. If, if they were looking to get somebody to, to talk a little bit about rugby that has a big following, um, you know, that listen, you, you can't, you can't work a rugby fan harder. Uh, you know, you just, uh, we all want to talk about rugby all the time. I know Mark Cuban wants to, I just think his friends don't know it. So he doesn't talk about yeah. it a lot. But that's just me. I don't know Mark Cuban. Those are Scott Farrar's opinions. Um, Mark Cuban, give us a call. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you had you, uh, you had the honor to captain Team USA. Um, run, pass, or kick. What is the most important characteristic that a good leader must possess? Uh, I'll run with it, and then I want to hear your guys' answers again. We'll just have a little like powwow about it. Um. I think one huge leadership quality is, um, again, I say this a lot, but um, it's just being vulnerable. I think, uh, and this goes obviously men's and women's games, right? There's just, and in, in sport in general, there's not enough to be just like open about, just vulnerable about anything going on outside of sport, right? We get so buried in, especially at the elite level, um, just about trying to be your best on the field that obviously you forget that people have lives and things that happen outside. So being vulnerable about just like what's going on, injuries, mental net, like mental wellness, physical wellness, et cetera. So, um, and it just makes that relatability factor more, more than that superficial, like, Oh, I, I like ice cream. Do you like today's lunch? And it starts getting into more of like the meaningful conversations that like, it truly bond people. I think that carries onto the field. So uh, for me, um, I always have a saying as a leader, uh, don't ask anybody else to do something that you aren't willing to do yourself. And so f- for me, that's, that's all about leading from the front foot. Um, and, and it, it's always worked um, at least from my perspective. Um, well, to, to go with Kate's thing, I think a good um, example of what you were saying about vulnerability is Johnny Wilkinson. And it's come out in the past few years, his struggles with trying to be the guy in England and how much that, created went into his head and it was a mental head game and he was playing matches that he was hurt for that he knew he shouldn't have been playing because he he had the pressure of being that guy all the time and you know if if you if you are hurt and you have to sit back that's okay your your teammates will pick up the slack that's that's the whole point of a next man up mentality on a team uh, me personally i think patience is something that a good leader possesses um you might be playing on a team whether it's club professional youth whatever that the players aren't up to your level and you're, you have to work with that. You have to be patient and help them work to what their potential is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You have to bring everyone up. I mean, I think they all relate. All three. Good job, guys. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, Scott said that it made me think of something. One of my good mates um, who I teach with has been coaching uh, soccer at both men's and women's uh, at Lamont high school. Shout out to Rick Pungan, my, my, my boy. Um, and that's one of the things that he talks a lot about as 
he's had some players that have been really talented. Matter of fact, one in place with the Chicago fire right now. And, you know, he talks about, you know, that decision between club and playing club or playing high school. And he'll say, look, yeah, you're, you're, if you play high school, you are the best, but the challenge for you is to help everybody else around you get better. Right. It's easy to be with this all-star club because everybody's just as good as you, but a true test of the leader, somebody can help grow and develop and nurture all those other bodies around you. And I think that's a really, uh, a really appropriate response. I don't believe I'm giving the big yeah. guy compliments. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got the next question. We're going to lighten the mood a little bit yeah. here. Scott, <laughs> uh, I want you to pull up a picture. If you could, please, we have one queued up. Can you oh, see no. it there? Oh yeah. I'm not Rob, digging Rob deep. Rob is an internet stalker, just so you know. <laughs> Rob, what? I said, <laughs> He's Rob, a, you're is, an internet stalker. An internet stalker. Oh, yeah, yes, like I am. Eight, five, yes, cleaner I am. sometimes. I'll, I'll freely admit that. Uh, recently, you you tweeted a photo from the uh, Irish Rugby Football Union advert for their new rugby shirts. In it, um, members of the Irish men's national team, which we didn't show here, uh, model their shirts. So it was guys from the team. But the women's jerseys are being modeled by professional female models. Here you see it in the photograph. Uh, run, pass, or kick. Is there a double standard at the international level? I think so. Um, running with it, obviously. Um, I, obviously, I think there's some countries that are doing better with it than others. Um, but there definitely is some double standards and, you know, lack of equality, even at the best level. Um, even like uh, in New Zealand, for instance, they're still even catching up in there. I think one who's like the closest almost to having a fairly equal representation of stuff. But a few years ago, you couldn't buy black fern stuff unless you were in New Zealand. Um, like you couldn't get it online. You couldn't get it anywhere. And they were, I mean, they're one of the most constantly performing teams. So um, yeah, we still have a lot of work to do at the international level. So um, I'm going to take the next question. I, and I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes, but you can if you like. Um, uh, just imagine um, you finished playing a hard-fought Rugby World Cup 2021 warm-up match. As a crowd celebrates your performance, each of you, you spot a young girl that is wearing your national team shirt, and she has a Sharpie in hand. She jogs over to you, and the little girl um, has a once in a lifetime experience because you've signed her Jersey. As you do so, she says, I want to play for the national team too. What is the best path to make this happen? Run past her kick. How do you respond? Um, first off, <laughs> dear, my heart. Um, how I wrote I just, the question. I was yeah. Right here. I was going to say, did you cry a little bit as you're writing that? I did. I did. Um, I'll run with it. Um, I think I would just tell her to get involved in rugby, but also in other sports. I mean, you have to, you have to diversify. I mean, at one point I thought I was going to wear the Jersey playing soccer and yet surprise, surprise, here we are rugby actually like 20 some odd years later after being a diehard soccer player. So I would just tell her to, to follow her heart, um, take it, seize every opportunity and just kind of let, I don't even know. Just follow whatever path. The, the path less traveled. Take it. Go for it. I think that's great advice, especially the diversity, because, you know, my father played collegiate hockey. 
I played hockey when I was a youth up until I was 18. I, well, more than that, I played men's league. You know, my brother played two years of hockey and he was just like, it's not for me. He found his, his, he found swimming. He was on the swim team. He was actually on the varsity swim team from when he was in seventh grade. And he just, he loved it. And, and that's what he liked to do. And he, if, if he was pushed to continue to play a sport, he didn't like, he would just resent the sport, you know? So it might be one of those things where she tries this little girl tries rugby. Close your eyes. She tries rugby. She hates it, but you know what? She loves softball. She loves basketball. She loves volleyball. Yeah. So I think diversity, figuring out what you really love to do is the number one key for a youth. You have to be passionate. So I, I have a question, you know, we mentioned before that, uh, I guess we could say now you're a former coach because because you won't be coaching this season because you're you're in England <sighs> with Exeter. But as I'm a coach, on a sabbatical. Yes, yeah, so there you go, sabbatical. <laughs> there you go. You know she's she's a little crazy. She had to take a break. That's <laughs> like most, a little. Most, I most think my girls would say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, as a coach, run, pass, or kick. What do you think is the hardest part of the game of rugby to teach a youth uh, player? Ooh, I think I'm going to kick this one over to Rob, Mr. Teacher Man. Uh, trust and passing. You know, looking at your options. As, as a youth coach, it was the hardest thing to coach out, especially boys, because they're so – the kids that I coach were so entrenched in football. And, and a lot of them were used to just run the ball hard, run the ball fast, run as far as you can, take everybody down with you, and then, you know, go to ground. We start a new play and you do it again. Uh, as opposed to – yeah, I could I could get a few more meters, but if I look to either side, I might find somebody to link up with, and we collectively go farther. And that was probably one of the most difficult things to teach out of the kids. Yeah, I definitely could see that. Yeah, the continuity like factor. Yeah, so definitely, it's funny because I, I see later on. So if you're teaching those the the kids at the youth level that you know look for the past mentality you know, because they don't have it ingrained in them from playing, you know, football or another sport. I do see sometimes going into college and the club teams that guys are trying to make too many passes when they should just go down and start another phase too. I mean, we see that in the MLR where you get a yeah. bunch of young guys who th that synergy is not there yet. And they're just kind of winging the ball out and hoping there's a guy there yeah. versus maybe just take, you know, get hit, bring the ball down. Know you have your, your guys behind you to continue that next phase. So I find it, I, I find that flow interesting that, you know, you, you, you teach that, that passing thing as a, as a youth. And then sometimes it, it sticks with them so much that you kind of have to correct it when they're playing, you know, in college or, or club. Um, Rob, I think you have the last and most important question yep. for her. Okay. This is, we left the best and most difficult question for last. Um, I, I'm not even sure if we'll, if we'll allow you to kick or pass, uh, to be honest with you, but yeah, I don't, I think yeah. have to I'm running with you. I'm making the decision. <laughs> okay. yeah. We're running. Uh, run, pass or kick. No, just run. Um, you run. cannot pick the U.S. Eagles. Who is your favorite to win Rugby World Cup 2021? <sighs> and just my for the favorite? Folks out here, remember, remember we made her not pick the Eagles, so it's not her fault. <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think uh, France. I think they they just had a an extremely hard fought and good match against England just a few weeks ago, um, and they they're a tough team. I mean, they they play so many different factors of the game. Well, I mean, we give them a hard time because sometimes they also have a lot of like take a knee, slow the game, waste time type plays. But they're also not afraid to then play multiple phases for long periods of time. 
Uh, you know, they're constantly working on their kick game and they're, I mean, again, they're just a physical team as well. So I think they'll give, you know, New Zealand and England and Canada and of course us and everybody else a run for their money. It's funny because I mean, really France right now is, is the up and coming team, both at the men's and women's level. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, and, and I think, I think the big guy picked um, when we had, we have an interview coming up. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, um, France was part of that conversation. So it's, it's interesting to see both men's and women level they're developing. Yeah. And, and you know what I love is, is I think on the fan zone, um, I can't remember where I saw it, but I think it's in the fan zone. Somebody put a, a play up from, it was the, it was this 07 men's world cup and uh, New Zealand got beat by France in the semis. Uh, it was a devastating loss. And they showed a particular player, Christophe Lamaison. And it was like that team. And then uh, who was their, who was their 15 that just passed away? Um, uh, Dominici. Uh, yeah, Dominici. But it was a play that those two linked up. And that's just the beauty of French rugby uh, in a lot of ways. The, the, what they're, what they can accomplish when their minds are right, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. We've had some, we've had a couple of good games. They were actually who I debuted against. Um, and I just remember, I mean, and they've got such a huge backing in France. We went and played them in France and there was like a band and the stadium was full and there was like a lot of people watching it on the TV, I guess. Like they had some record numbers. And um, so I think there's, like you said, there's a lot of up and coming there. Absolutely. And listen, it's and it's it's good to see because it good to, it's good to see where USA can go, to, and right. we can mm-hmm. get to that level. I mean, we do it with the women's national team in soccer. We can get there in rugby, um, and that's one yeah. of the reasons why we had Kate on. That's one of the reasons why we had Tess on. We had Sophie DeGoody from Rugby Canada on because we want to get the women's game out there. Um, Kate, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. It was really fun. Uh, <laughs> couldn't stop laughing. Um, so, so right now, I'm just going to give you the floor for a couple minutes to you know talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's, it's your show. Well, well, that's the case. Let's see. <laughs> Do I have any good jokes? No. Um, no, yeah. I really appreciate you guys doing this. I, I mean, again, to your point there, there just isn't quite enough coverage yet on the women's game. So truthfully really thank you guys for you know showcasing again not even myself but you know Canada and some of the other women's teams and highlighting just that the women's game is up and coming and um, again going back to an earlier point for those who don't know check out XV foundation um, yeah. they're running a great foundation to start um, continuing to build funding for our women's national team as we prepare for the 2021 World Cup um, world rug or not world rugby, excuse me, USA rugby is also doing an all in campaign. So be sure to check out both mm-hmm. of those and, um, find ways to get involved. And then otherwise, like, even if you don't want to donate to that, just get out and play, um, have fun and let's just raise rugby in America. And those ladies out there who played rugby, get back into coaching rugby, give back to the sport yeah. that gave, gave you, that is key to getting girls out, show them the models that are out there, the role models that they can be like Kate Zachary, uh, like Sophie DeGoody, like Tess Fury. We want to see uh, those ladies out there coaching and giving back to the game some more girls play. And if you're bored, Exeter Chiefs will be streamed this weekend, our game against Loughborough Lightning. Going to be a really great game. Check it out. Go Chiefs. By the way, my son's a huge Exeter fan. I'm just Is he? Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Guess you guys will have to come out now that we can start having a few fans. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not paying for his airfare. 
He's coming <laughs> You know, it's pretty cheap and there's like nobody on the plane. It's yeah, kind of nice. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Oh, I was booing you because I'm a Saracens fan. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, uh, they, have, they have COVID yeah. right now. I know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Don't even get me started. <laughs> um, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to give everybody a call to action. Go to the XV Foundation. Um, donate. Uh, you know, if you didn't get to donate for Giving Tuesday, donate to that. Donate to the USAR's All In campaign, like Mark Cuban did. Uh, Mark Cuban's a cool guy. We want you to be cool people too. So donate. <laughs> Help the game grow. Um, so you can see great people like Kate Zachary. Yeah, <laughs> she's trying to she's trying to get the Mark Cuban hookup for a, for a cup for you know. You know, short. you know, we'll put it on the back like bad news bears. She goes bail bonds. That's a great great spot. <laughs> but uh, Kate, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate it, and all the way from England, we know it's a, a, a tough night for you right now. So I hope you don't have uh, practice too early tomorrow. Um, and for everybody here at the Rugby Rant, the big guy Scott Farrar, Rob the Robber Hammerschmidt, uh, Ty Braga, who couldn't be with us, thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next week.